Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest's premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Our Husker football radio show for the week and night earlier because of Husker volleyball tomorrow night. Delighted to be joined now by Husker running backs coach Brian Applewhite. Are you, are you, is your body back? On clock, how was that transition going over and coming back? You know, the transition coming back felt a little easier than going over. Um, I'm a morning person anyways. I get up probably about in between 4.30 and 4.45 in the morning. So I I didn't go to sleep when we came back, and my body kind of adjusted. Now, I slept hard Sunday night yeah. uh, through Monday. But, um, you know, me being the type of person I am, I was anxious to get back to work. And so I kind of think that uh, – I was my motivation to be awake was a little more than what it was uh, than it's been in the past, really. How did you feel like the trip went, minus the outcome of the game, but just the logistics of taking a team over there and practicing over there and all that? How was that? It was outstanding. I thought I've never left the country, and so then we left the country with what 120 kids plus a lot of uh, support staff, and I thought guys like me hanging on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I thought the kids handled it unbelievable. Um, you know, there were no, there was never any distractions. They were on time to everything. When the bus was supposed to leave at a certain time, they were on the bus five minutes early. Um, when we were time to leave and head back to the hotel, they were on the bus and ready to go back. We didn't have any issues, uh, you know, that would create any peripheral opponents uh, while our trip was out there. And I think, you know, for the most part, not for the most part, I think all of them really enjoyed it. Um, you know, an opportunity to go to Ireland, Europe. I mean, I'd never been to Europe before. I'm 47. So yeah. um, it, was, it was an unbelievable trip and an experience. Just unfortunate how the, the game ended. Beautiful stadium. The field looked like it was in terrific. I mean, they wouldn't let anybody touch that thing until you guys went out there to warm oh, up. Oh, yeah. We, uh, the first day we got there, we stepped on the grass, maybe one foot, and it was like security <laughs> guards are on you right away. Yeah. Get off the grass. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the field, the turf, was. it was a beautiful stadium, just an outstanding venue. Um, and the fans that were not Northwestern Nebraska fans were into it um, everywhere we went. Uh, you know, they, they were loved American rules football uh, as we traveled around Ireland. But the stadium was an unbelievable stadium. The, f- the f- turf was nice. It was beautiful. Um, you know, it was, it was a great experience overall. How did the players bounce back from it? You said you've kind of recovered. You're feeling pretty good. How about your, the guys you deal with? You know, bounce back. Um, they understand. Uh, and I think that they know, they all know that that was a game that should not have ended the way it ended. Um, and we looked. You know, at least in my position, we looked at some missed opportunities that we possibly could have changed some things, maybe changed the drive here, changed out. You know, I don't know if they changed the outcome of the game, but could have changed the drive, which eventually could change the outcome of the game. But again, you know, I think this team has learned, um, you know, it's a process. And no matter what the outcome is, if we win that game, I think they would have bounced back the same way they did. It's a process. You know, it's a day-to-day process. It kind of be the best that I can be every day. And then the next day, hit repeat. Um, you know, I've seen that from my running back room this week. They came in on Monday morning. or we actually practiced Monday afternoon. And it was work as usual. Um, they, were, they were working hard. They were running. They were sprinting. Their focus was high. Yesterday, the focus was high. The attention detail was high. Um, so I'm starting to, today was the same, you know, and today is Wicked Wednesday. So we threw the hardest things that could possibly happen to him on Wednesday. And the, the focus was extremely high. The attention to detail was there. So I'm starting to see that, you know, the process is they're starting to embrace the process and understand what it takes to be the best that you can be and the best version of you every day. 
Nebraska 811 says, go dig red before you dig. Always call or click 811 to have your utility lines marked. It's free. It's easy. It's the law. Brian Applewhite with us. It's our Husker Football Radio Hour for the week. Huskers back from their big trip to Ireland, uh, getting ready to go. Do you, how big of a body language guy are you? If you see slumped shoulders or heads down, do you, do you see that? And do you, is that concern you? Do you mean, and have you seen much of that since the game ended Saturday night? After the game, I did see a lot of yeah. bad body language, and I was expected. But I'm a huge body language guy because people see that, you see that. And how you carry yourself is also how you can conduct yourself. Um, you know, life is going to hit you in the face. You know, I tell my running backs this all the time, and this is true in life. You're going to get knocked down, and it's okay to get knocked down, but it's not okay to stay down. And we talk about that every day because, to me, this game teaches life. You know, there's going to be situations in life where you're going to have to face adversity, and you've got to face the issue. And every day I put them through something in practice where they have to face an issue um, because if you can learn to face the issues right now, in the football field when it, reacts, when, when it actually means something, when you're done playing football, it's all over, and your family needs you to stand up and face an issue for them, you'll be able to do it. All right, let's d- dive into the game. Um, Anthony got over 100 yards, had the big 46-yard touchdown run. I know you probably like to have a 100-yard rusher each and every week, so you got you got check that one off the list. How about the way he played in his first game as a Husker? Oh, I was extremely pleased with the way he played. Uh, he... He came out and he had a look in his eye. Um, he ran hard. He broke some tackles. He picked up some tough conversions. Caught a big catch on on you know an empty set. Um, picked up 16 after that. Um, he played well. Uh, he can play better. Uh, I sat down with him and we watched about 10 clips where he could have hit a hole a little bit different. His eyes could have been somewhere else, and he understood. And you know, and it was the first game. You know, and then I go back after I got done speaking to him about it, I kind of look back and I said, well, it was the first game all five of those offensive linemen had played together. It was the first game, first game I'd coached with Coach Whipple, first game Coach Whipple, coached with Coach Riola, first game I'd coached with anybody on this staff. It was a lot of firsts going into that. Um, and that's no excuse. Uh, but, you know, what happened is what happened in that game. But what, what we need to do and what we have done, and I think what the kids are learning is learn from those mistakes. Um, you know, and we've kind of preached to them great teams and great players don't make the same mistakes twice. And there's a lot of little things that we uh, didn't execute at a high level. Because when we executed at a high level, we were moving the ball up and down the field. And we weren't executing at a high level. And I'm talking about all 11 players on offense. We weren't executing at a high level. We didn't move the ball the way we could have. Coach Whipple said today that he was more encouraged than discouraged after he watched the tape. Would you agree with that? Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree because there's a lot of fixable things. Um, it was never. It wasn't a schematic thing. Uh, it wasn't. Definitely was not an effort thing. Um, it was uh, a details. It was a detail thing, uh, and those things are being correct, being addressed, uh, being corrected on the day to day, being reminded, um, and you know we. And you see the biggest improvement since I've been coaching and my head coach, Coach Glenn uh, Lincoln guy, called me yesterday and, and it reminded me that the biggest improvement you have in any sport is from game one to game two. And, and I'm looking forward to see this team play on Saturday. Um, I think they're looking forward to get back because you, you always want to get that taste in your mouth. Football is not like basketball where you might lose on Saturday, but you got another game on Monday. Or baseball. You might have another game that day. Absolutely. I mean, it's once a week. That's why every game is so, so mm-hmm. important. You know, the, the first drive of the game was a thing of beauty. But Matt and I on, the, on, our, on their broadcast said, that drive doesn't happen if Anthony doesn't get that third and short on the first set of downs to keep the drive alive. It started to hum after that, but he had to fight off a tackler in the backfield. 
you got to love that. I, I hope you put that up there and let the guys see that because that was a great play. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we have a pre-snap process, and one of them is noted down the distance and where the stick is. And he, he did an excellent job of knowing where the sticks were, and he knew what he had to do to get it, and he knew what the play designed was for and where was the hit. And, uh, you know, some things didn't go exactly right, but his anticipation of what he needed to do on that particular play was the reason why he was able to pick up that first down. I mean, he ran with extremely – he ran what I call extreme pad level. Uh, his leg drive was great. Um, you know, and they all did, all, all of them, when they played. They, you know, they, they did some really, really good things, which made it encouraging. That's my favorite play of the game for him. And I know everybody's going to go, well, the 46-yard touchdown run, that was pretty, no doubt. But, man, him picking up that first down at that point in the game when it's 0-0, you're trying to get a jump on it. Huge play by him. Yeah. Uh, the 46-yard touchdown run, I know not everybody has seen every scrimmage that Anthony Grant has played in at uh, Nebraska. But that was a routine play for him. Uh, that third down, and, third down and one was a play. You can't simulate that contact right, right there that he that he that was initiated on him and he's able to drive through um but you know he he he's got some potential in him uh but what i love about him is his work ethic never changes as fast as he runs down as fast as he ran down to score that touchdown if that was practice that's as fast as he'd have ran back to the huddle for the next play um and that's the type of kid he is and his, he's always got a smile on his face uh even when i'm I say being disciplining, yeah, if I'm disciplining him <laughs> or, or, or being rough on him, he's still smiling. And yes, coach, yes, sir. Uh, he's, a, he's of such a pleasure. They're all, they all are a pleasure to be around. Um, coach, the second back that you got in was Jock. Yes. Uh, how, did, how did he grade out? What did you see from him? And, and, and how did he take the coaching from Saturday night to, to today? Oh, Jock took it very personal because he made a couple of mistakes. He did some uh, what I call some jock not, un-Jock-like things. Um, but he bounced back later on in the game. And I think it was, you know, his first game with me. Um, obviously, in the venue like that, his, you know, you're in Ireland, all right? You're, on, you're probably the only, we're the only football game going on in Europe that night. Uh, and he, he got, his eyes got a little big. And so I sat him down for a little bit until he was able to collect his thoughts, you know, because it was one of those things I always preach, like when everything hits the fan, you revert back to your training. Right. And he needed to just relax a little bit and get back into it, get back in the groove. But then when, when he did go back and play, uh, he took advantage of the opportunities and he did what I call jock-like things. The third back he got in there, and I did a double take because I think we started the drive at the seven, was the freshman A.J. Allen. You must have some confidence in that young man. That was not an easy spot to put a guy in for his first college snap. No, it was. You know, A.J. has – he just – he, he's got a, a different type of maturity level than uh, most freshmen that I've coached. Um, his, his facial expression never changes. Um, he's always – he's about business. Um, he's about football. He's about helping his team win. Um, and so I did not flinch um, one minute when, you know, Coach Whip said, give me, ten, give me number nine. It's okay. You know, there he goes. And he went in there and he produced – um, we know what I was proud about. I know people would see, you know, he had the, the one good run um, on, on the fly sweep. But if you watch the game in detail, A.J. had unbelievable eyes in the past game, and he was able to pick up a couple blitzes um, that, you know, you don't see freshman backs picking up the way he picked them up, which I was very encouraged. His, his physicality in that game was uh, a lot better than what I anticipated, which is encouraging moving forward. He must have shown you a lot during camp to gain your confidence to – Put him out there. Yes, yes. You know, like he and Anthony Grant and 
and, and Jaquez, and, and you know, they, they do a lot of things in practice uh, that make me feel comfortable with them. Um, AJ in particular, uh, he has got a chance like Anthony Grant to make a routine play, something spectacular like you saw on Anthony's run. That was a routine run like right there. Usually that sometimes that goes for an eight-yard run, but he's able to make a guy miss in the hole and break a tackle and, and, and score a touchdown from long distance. And, you know, A.J. Allen has that potential to do that as well. Um, they all have that potential, but everyone was able to see Anthony Grant do that on Saturday. You mentioned picking up blitzes and, and pass pro. How, how did that group do as a whole? Probably get, it can be better. I'm sure there were some examples of where they didn't pick it up as well. But overall, how did they do? They did, they did very well. They did very well, you know. Like like I said, I've said before, you know, I want a complete running back. Um, so we work on catching the ball, we work on our footwork and our eyes in the run game, and we work on pass protection, some form of pass protection drill every day, because I don't want them when they leave me. I don't want someone to say that oh he's only a third down back or he's only a first and second down back. I want them oh he can play any down. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that, that they are developed and they can be complete running backs because if they can learn to become complete running backs and they learn to become complete people. One of your other guys, Cooper Jewett, made a pretty good play on special teams. I bet, I bet that made you feel good. Oh, I was very proud of Cooper. You know, I, actually, I watched the whole thing. You know, I watched it unfold and I, and I saw it come out and I was like, oh, Cooper's the one that's got to make this play. As I saw the kick return develop and I knew Cooper was the last one on that left edge and uh, he did exactly what he was coached to do and you know he go back the whole thing reverted to his training and there he was he made the play and got the got the returner down and now you know all the running backs were excited about that you know they came and high-fived him um, you know and that was that was a good job by Cooper and hopefully you know we can continue with that type of those type of little plays like that that are difference making plays as we move forward in, in the season. Delighted to have Brian Applewhite Husker running backs coach with us for another segment here Husker's getting ready for the Hawks of North Dakota. I'm going to ask you about them here in a little bit, but how about the practice habits of your guys? You've now had them a full month here since we started in late July. What about the group? Are they are they are, are you satisfied with what they're giving you day in and day out? I am. I am I'm 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 really I'm extremely satisfied, but I'm always have a, a standard we can always be better. Um, you know, we have a thing and we say we've got the standard, our culture and the expectation never never changes. And they're all three are the same things, and they all have to repeat it before we head out to practice every day. What's the running back standard here at Nebraska? What's the running back culture here at, at Nebraska? And what's the expectation of a Nebraska running back? And all three of those things are the same, and they repeat them because, you know, to me it's important that they understand what I expect of them, what they should expect of each other, all right, and then what their teammates should see. And so it's when your teammate, when our teammates turn on the film. They need to see that we're the hardest working, most physical position group on the team in all aspects. And we watch it. And if there's a play that's not to that standard, that expectation, that culture, we correct that behavior because it's got to be consistency. Consistency is what makes everybody great. If you're consistently not doing things right, you're consistently going to be bad. But if you're consistently striving to be perfect, and everything that you do in all aspects of your life, then you're going to start having success. And that's the message I'm trying to teach them and, and instill with them. And they're getting, they're starting to, they've bought in, and they really, really push each other to live up to that expectation. Coach Frost got asked after the game, we didn't see Gabe, didn't see Ramir in the backfield. Uh, we will at some point in time, won't we? Yes, yes, yes. There were just, you know, it's, um, 
the game didn't play out the way there were certain situations where we want we were thinking about getting Ramirez into the game and do some things at the running back position, but the the game wasn't flowing at sometimes the game where we wanted it or those plays or those certain packages were not something that we think we needed at the time, especially early in the game when we were moving the ball well. Um, you know, it kind of broke down a little bit there in the fourth quarter, but the first three quarters, you know, we were we were executing relatively at a high level. You know, on most drives and most you know most series, and we were moving the ball. Um, we were sustaining drives. We're picking up first downs. Um, and it's one game. Uh, you know, it was the first game of the season. I remember. You know, another thing Coach Glenn told me, uh, 1997, we won our second national championship. We lost our first game of the season. We went up to win 13 and two and won another national championship. Um, you know, and I talked to my guys a lot. It's not about how you start; it's how you finish. Um, and you know, and with Ramirez and Gabe, things things are going to change. You know, we got eleven, we got twelve games left, and th- things are going to change. How did they handle not getting snaps on offense? They they were upset, but I wanted them to be that way because if they if they were just going to take it and handle it, then okay, I've got the wrong kids. Yep. Um, they're competitors, uh, and and but they and they not only are they competitors, they want they want to see Nebraska have success. And now on special teams. When you, if you turn on a special teams tape and you watch Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin play on special teams, you'll see what type of competitors they are, especially Ramir Johnson on punt. When they, every time we punted, he was a gunner going down and he forced fair catches every time. And, you know, those are little things that sometimes people don't see and don't realize. But, you know, you watch Ramir as a gunner on a punt returner. I, don't th- I mean, that was probably one of the best gunner performances I've seen in a long time, especially in the first game. And, you know, like I said, there are teammates need to see on film that the hardest working, most physical position group in all aspects, but all aspects also include special teams. And Ramir uh, lived up to that standard, the culture and the expectation in that. I know he's not one of your guys, but Brian Buschini had a pretty good night. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a punter punt like that. I mean that was un- that was great. That was great. Hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can sustain that. Yeah, you take that all week and yeah. you know, have some really good success. Yes. In, in that phase. All right. Here's here comes North Dakota. Um, uh, for the fans, are probably going, oh, this is an FCS school, but man, they were in every game last year. They, they've got some ability. Talk about what you've seen from their defense as you studied them this week. They're a dangerous FCS school. Um, you know, they base out of an odd front. They're going to have three down linemen and four linebackers the majority of the time. They do have some packages where they get into two defensive ends standing up where they'll look like our defense at times. Um, they do a lot of twisting, a lot of blitzes. Um, they're going to do a lot of things to create some kind of chaos for your offensive lineman up front and kind of create some chaos for the running backs, try and put them in positions where they're going to have bad eyes or in bad positions to pick up blitzes. Um, they do several stunts away from the back. They do several stunts to the back when you're in gun. Um, you know, they, they do a good job of hiding their blitzes. They do a very good job of hiding their blitzes, where especially with the demeanor of the defensive backs when they're blitzing. They really don't look like the demeanor that they're coming. All of a sudden, they come out of nowhere. Um, the linebackers do a good job of holding their, of holding their water before they, uh, they bring a blitz. Um, so we've, we've got to be on our toes. Um, it's it's going to be a great challenge. Uh, it's going to be a great it's a great going to be a great competitive game. Um, we've got to make sure that we are disciplined in everything that we do because the chaos that they try and create on defense for an offense um, can can give you trouble. Um, it can definitely give you trouble. And they they were in every game last year. Um, you know I've got a history with them. I played against them when I was in college. Um, I opened up the first game in the Lara Center. Uh, wow. And um, so I know I know what type of team there. I was a coach uh, the first game. Uh, they had the Alara Center back. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, 
but um yeah we flew out to uh we flew out to Grand Forks and played it's a beautiful it's a beautiful uh center but um they are they you know they've always been a dangerous team and it's one of those teams where you don't want you can't take lightly at all probably helps that you can put some stuff on tape for your guys who go guys they may not have the biggest name but these cats can play a little oh. bit and just look at this and look at that. Yep. Oh yeah. And then and, and our guys understand that. They understand that at every game, you know, it, it's it's not the best team that plays. It's who plays the best. Um, and and you've got to come out every game. And that's you know, it's the day to day process. It shouldn't matter who you're playing. It's about how you play, and how well you're going to play, and how well you execute. And and you know, let the chips fall where they may after that. But you got to be the best version of you every day on every play. Then hit repeat. Thought Casey Thompson did some really good things in the football game. He did, he did, and I witnessed that live last year. You promised uh, he did, yeah. Um, you know, when he when Casey was at Texas and I was at TCU, I saw him run around, uh, make some plays with his feet, uh, extend plays with his feet, and hit guys that are wide open like he did in that game. I saw him take some tremendous shots, uh, and he kept getting up. I mean, one was from O'Shawn Mathis. O'Shawn hit him really hard uh, last year, and you know our whole intention, you know, was to to bang Casey up last year when TCU played Texas to try and get to their backup quarterback, but that did not happen. Casey stood in the pocket, he took every hit and got back up and kept playing. You know, he he he's a competitor, he's a tough kid, um, and again, you know, it's, I'm anxious to see how much better we are from game one to game two at all positions. You've not been at a, a home game at Memorial Stadium? I have not. And no. you've got guys in your room that haven't played a home game here. It's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of guys that hadn't played a game at for Nebraska. Right. And the first one that to do it was in Ireland. So, you know, that I'm excited about this because I know, you know, growing up where I grew up, I know about Husker football. Um, you know, and there's no place like Nebraska. And, and, you know, and I tell everybody that. I was like, you cannot – I cannot describe – what Lincoln is like on a day-to-day basis when it comes to anyone that's wearing a Cornhusker uniform. You know, it's an unbelievable place. It's, and, and, and I can't, I'm excited uh, for, for Saturday. It just not only for myself, but for the players and right. for the fans and for people that haven't been in Nebraska to a Nebraska uh, football game. Um, I'm, just, I'm just extremely excited because I just know how much the state and the, and the fans around the country love the Cornhuskers. And uh, I just cannot wait for the opportunity to come on Saturday at 2.30. How do you coach the guys to, to certainly be excited and fired up, but not to the point where they lose their mind and they lose what they're supposed to do? How, how do you kind of coach that, that fine line right there? You know, it is a fine line, and I just continue to push, uh, be aggressive with my – be aggressive coaching, always pushing, pushing. You can be better, you can be better, you can go harder, more physical, more physical, attention to detail to where all of a sudden their sort of focus is so – I want to get where their focus is so set on what they're doing that everything else around them becomes irrelevant. Um, the faster you practice, and the faster, the fastest you can, the faster you can practice during the week, the slower the game is going to be on Saturday. And so I push that and push that and push that to where they get to the point. Like again, if you push them hard enough and fast enough and correct the little mistakes, where now it all becomes muscle memory, the game slows down, and now you're able to focus. Buckle up, put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. You mentioned earlier that first time you'd coach with any of these guys on this staff, Coach Whipple, on, on down through the line. Can that get better? How, how was that? And were, have you guys talked to the staff this week about, okay, we need to do this or that or differently than we did week one? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, Coach Whipple is an outstanding. He's an amazing play caller. Um, and it really is going to come down to execution. You know, and as, as coaches, we got to get our kids – you know, to understand what we're trying to get out of every play, understand the look, so we can execute at a high level on a, on a 100% basis. Yeah. You know, you're always striving for perfection. 
Um, we can, you know, I know on my part, I can probably do a lot better job of, of communicating in between drives with Coach Whipple. Um, and not saying that it was bad, but I always look at myself in the mirror first and okay, what could I have done better? You know, and I always, okay, I, I look at, you know, after every drive, you know, because I've watched the game 10 times. I watched it three times on, on the plane, fell asleep, got up. When I got back to my apartment, I watched it again, came to the office and watched it again. But I, then I started charting drives. Okay, what could I have done better in between drives? You know, how could I have helped Anthony? How could I have helped AJ? How could I have helped Yant? Um, you know, what could I have, you know, maybe it might have been a little more words of encouragement during the game. You know, I don't know. You know, I got to look at myself more before I talk to anything else about it. Um, and, but as, as this, you know, as this week progressed and as we did talk about it, there's a lot, there's more things that we can do uh, as an offensive staff to, to help each other. You know, I might see something that Mickey didn't see as I'm watching the running back. I can, might see a wide receiver pop open late, you know, and I can say, hey, Mickey, we might need to come back to this, you know, and tell Coach Whip about a play action or something. But, you know, I'm, I'm but like, again, I'm excited because I think the kids understand uh, what the level of expectation that we mean, that we want out of them. Um, and, you know, everybody's hurting about that game. Everybody do, is. Do you find some leaders coming out of a game like that? You do. That you do. Go, okay, don't get it going. Get it going. Yeah, you do. You you find them after the game, after a loss like that, because you can tell right away. Okay, who who's 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 throwing the towel, or who? Hey, we got to stand up and fight. And you know, we had more of the hey, we got to stand up and fight than guys that doing. I don't think anybody throwing the towel now. I think about it. You know what I mean? But you know, as, the, as you've been coaching for so long, you always look at that. It could have been the last game of the season, the middle of the game of the season, when you have a close loss and you lose to a team that you felt like you should have beaten, um, or a game that you should have won that somehow you lost it and you didn't, you didn't execute. You look for that. And I don't, we did not have anybody in the locker room uh, on the bus or that was pointing fingers. Everyone was like, okay, I got to do better. Not you got to do better. Jessica said one player she noticed really fired up was Thomas Fedoni, who was not going to play. He's not ready to come back yet. But she said that guy was really popping around and trying to encourage as many teammates. It's going to be good to get him back. Oh, yeah. Field. And he's, he's a talented like, kid. And he's like that at practice. Really? Even he, he's not even practicing, but he's standing there with the guys at practice, encouraging, coaching. Um, just getting guys fired up. You know, he's such a pleasure to be around. I love talking to him in between segments at practices because he was out there rehabbing before practice where, you know, he's running, he's catching some routes, and then when practice starts, he's right there in the middle with the guys. It's almost like he is practicing even though he's not. Coach Beckton's ready to get him on the field, I think. Oh, yeah, we all are. <laughs> well, I know it was disappointing. It was a really, as I told people all week, it was a really good trip other than the outcome of the game. And it was a really good football game. The TV numbers were fun, phenomenal. I mean, most of the country watched that football game. And it was a good game. But just play here, play there made the yep. difference. Yep, and it is. It's four games. It's four plays. Four on offense, four on defense. That changed the outcome of a game. And, um, you know, when you sit down, we watched 16 clips on offense. Eight of them, hey, this is the level. This is what we expect. The other eight was... This is not what we expect. Think about if we had we'd have had 16 clips of what we expected, what the outcome of that game would have been. Changes it. Yep. Usually a lot of games come down to four or five plays. Yes, they do. Coach, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Uh, let's let's finish the, the prep strong, and let's go get the Hawks on Saturday. Yes, sir. Go Big Red. There he is, Brian Applewhite, with us here on our Football Coaches Show.